So today I want to talk about teeth and specifically keeping mine super bright. If you're like me, you're confused by all the variation of teeth whitening products on the market. Since taking Smile Brilliant on as a sponsor, I've learned a few things that you may find helpful, such as the LED lights are a novelty item, strips neglect the gum lines and molars, the charcoal is abrasive and wears down the enamel, and the whitening toothpaste only works on surface stains. So what the heck works? The number one product recommended by dentists is the custom fitted trays. They are, however, very, very costly as it requires the dentist to make them by hand using a model of your teeth. With Smile Brilliance Lab Direct Process, you can have custom fitted teeth whitening trays at a fraction of the price without a single visit to the dentist. Yes, please. Using an exact model of your teeth, Smile Brilliance Lab Technicians will handcraft your trays to ensure the best possible results. Simply order the system at smilebrilliant.com using the coupon code THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, for 30% off. Make your dental impressions at home and then return them to Smile Brilliant using the prepaid envelope provided. In a matter of a week, Smile Brilliant will have your trays mailed back. Hey guys, welcome back to Heal, Survive, and Thrive. I am so excited that you are here. Let's dive right into this week's topic. So I want to get into the ways in which you can tell if your dad is narcissistic, but most importantly, how do we handle ourselves around this person? So with like all narcissists, whether it's a dad, a mom, a sister, a brother, a friend, whatever, we all know that this person is extremely self-absorbed. Especially with narcissistic dads, um, there's a tendency to obviously not be there for you emotionally and perhaps even sometimes physically. Typically what we'll see when we see a father who is narcissistic is someone who's very empty inside, but yet has this sense of entitlement like we see in most narcissistic traits. When we think of typical narcissistic dads, one of the very big kind of, you know, key elements to this person is they're not gonna be a hands-on parent. So you're not going to see them around often. They could be workaholics or just not wanting to parent at all. You, They're not going to coach your soccer team. They're not going to take you to practice. They're not going to be heavily involved in school, in sports, in clubs, in activities. They're not really gonna know your friends terribly, terribly well. Um, they don't have the capacity. So they're not going to play Barbies with you and sit on the floor and have a tea party. They're not going to get out of their comfort zone and paint your nails for you when you were 10 years old or whatever. Uh, they're not gonna throw the football in the backyard with you. They're not going to engage with you in these ways. As a parent, we do these things with our children. We are hands-on, obviously, because we love them, we care, we wanna be involved in every area of their life, but we do these things like play NBA 2K like I do with Ryan for hours on end because it's something that he likes to do. It's not about me and what I like to do, it's about what he likes to do. So that's the parts that you're really going to not see often when you're seeing these narcissistic fathers. You're not gonna see the dad that's going to want to do anything that they don't wanna do. And we all know as parents, there are things that we do sometimes that we don't wanna do, but we do it because we love our children and we wanna be a part of their lives and enjoy them in any way, shape or form. 
A narcissistic dad is probably not going to be that type of a parent. Now on the other side of the spectrum, you're going to have the dad who's actually really involved in obsessively involved in every little thing. The reason for this is because you were or are giving this man something. So you're either cute, you're either a, a great kid, you're either super smart, you're good at sports. There's something about you, you have this light to you and they see this. And so that's something that they want to feed off of because you have natural talents and abilities, which we all do, but it has to be something that they deem as worthy or important. So for example, if you were a child that was amazing at sketching, it just came natural to you to do this and you have grown up or even are a teenager or a child or whatever, and you gravitated towards this one thing. If your father didn't see value in your abilities, then he wasn't going to get involved in anything having to do with that. He might attend a show or do something with you, but it wouldn't be a proud, he wouldn't be proud of you because it's not something that he values. Whereas a loving parent will be proud of you regardless because they see you, they see to the core of you, they see your talents, they see your capabilities, they think you're amazing because you are who you are. That's unconditional love. The narcissist dad is not going to have that ability to love you in that way because love is conditional versus being unconditional. So remember, they're going to attend things, they're going to be involved when it does actually involve them and when they deem something really important. Now, even if they de deem something important, an activity that you do, and perhaps they like it too, and so they can live vicariously through you, or in some way they hold such pride because you're this person and you're so intelligent and smart and what have you, they're not gonna do everything for you if that actually means passing up on an opportunity that comes their way to do something better. Regardless of what dad you had, the father that didn't participate at all or the father that participated in a lot of the things that you did do, both are going to stand front row center and videotape every little amazing moment that you do and portray this image like they're there for everything thick and thin. So remember the dads that were very hands-on are because you gave them good supply. You were an extension of them and they wanted to feed off of all of that, the glory, the victory, the acknowledgements, everything. So this is gonna be the dad that wants to take you to a hockey game, a baseball game with his buddies so he can tell everyone like who you are and what you've done and you just got into this school and you're doing so well here. This is the bragging, this is the boasting. Again, it goes back to the insecurity, it goes back into that self-absorption, it goes back into creating this ideal perfect family. Doesn't mean that we need to sit there and not be proud of our kids or not, you know, talk about some of the things that are real in our lives and things that we're struggling with, you'll never see that in a narcissistic dad because no, nothing is wrong. There is nothing wrong because no one that is narcissistic is even looking that there's a closet behind them filled with ghosts. They don't wanna open that window and they don't wanna acknowledge that. They just wanna put out to the world that they have the best of the best, that they're the most important, that their family is perfect and has no demons or anything in their closet. Um, they're the greatest dad, this is the greatest son, look at my daughter's amazing, and that's all they want people to see. There's no real substance to these types of people. And as you as a child, 
you probably did feel this. You probably did sense that dad was talking a little bit too much about some of your accomplishments. In the beginning, it felt good. Oh, look, my dad's proud. But then it went into an area of seeing the boasting, seeing the gloating, seeing the bragging. Children can feel that. You saw the vainness. You saw the caring about the appearances. You saw, you know, being obsessed with looks and what do people think and what do we have and how are we comparing ourselves to other people? You heard him talking about other people. You heard him judging other people. You heard him putting other people down. You heard all of that. And you at times probably felt, hmm, that's weird. That's not okay. But the only way you're going to really feel that inside is if you had another person in your life, possibly your mother or maybe someone else, a grandmother or an aunt or something like that, that had a really good influence over you as well that could teach you because you saw the difference in the two parents. If you didn't see the difference between two parents, then chances are you're gonna follow in dad's footsteps and this is how this stuff forms. So now you see that the charming, I always like people around, I always like to be the center of attention, I always like to brag, I always like to talk, is that insecurity. And you, you can see that whatever your dad was talking about, especially if it had to do with you, it was just an extension of you. It wasn't real, genuine, coming from a place of, I'm so amazed by my son. Right? Because you would have heard that at home, you would have heard it in the car, you would have felt it, but I think you have felt over the years that, yeah, he loves me, but it's not the same as maybe what mom, how mom loves me or how grandma loves me. It's different. Ladies, you know how hard it is to find the right hair products for our hair. I can never find a shampoo and conditioner that works well for me. I have tried so many products and nothing seems to be quite right for my hair. But lately I have been using Gemist. I took their two minute quiz and they matched me with the best shampoo and conditioner I've ever used. Is it magic? Nope, it's actually just science. Did I mention Gemis is a woman-owned company started by Allison Haar. She is a mom of two, a dog mom, and a Harvard grad. We have some serious girl boss stuff right here. It is easier than ever to try these products and they are delivered straight to your door. So please try Gemist risk-free, it is easy and it comes with free returns within 30 days. If you are ready to have the best hair of your life, try Gemist. Right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner subscription. Just visit Gemist.com to get your personalized recommendation and enter Thrive at checkout for 20% off your subscription and free two-day shipping. That is Gemist, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com and enter code THRIVE at checkout to get the best hair of your life. I think the hardest part for kids is especially even probably adults, if you're just now coming to the conclusion that you might have a father who is narcissistic, is seeing that everyone around you thought he was amazing. Everyone around you thought he was a great guy. Everyone thought he was so charming and wow, he has this great life. But what you saw on the inside at home was very, very different. And again, this doesn't mean that, you know, dad wasn't there at dinner time. Maybe, maybe dad traveled all the time. Maybe dad was cheating on mom. Maybe dad was self-absorbed and wasn't really there after school to help with the homework or, you know, even on the weekends, he was MIA. 
You could have had that physically distant father, absolutely, but you could have had dad that came home every day at five o'clock, that was there on the weekends and still was emotionally unavailable. He wasn't able to give you the things that you, that you needed. You had a dad that only loved based on what you could give and what was convenient for him. It wasn't about putting you first and doing the hard things that parents have to do in order to be a great parent. And the things that not only that are hard, but that we want to do. All of that requires being able to be a selfless parent, a selfless adult, to give this being, this child, everything that they need so they can grow up to be the healthy adult that we want them to be. Someone who's narcissistic, isn't even aware of any of this stuff. I think the thing that really damages people when they do have these narcissistic parents is, especially the dads and the moms, quite frankly, but with the dads, it's it's the anger. It's the, it's not okay to mess up. It's okay, it's not okay to have feelings. It's not okay to have emotions. They don't know how to deal with it. It's that ability to not be human when you're around your dad, to let him see you, and for him to be able to say the right things he doesn't know how to, he, he never will be able to. And having to really accept that is definitely something that we have to mourn. But I think really understanding that you're dealing with a person that doesn't have any empathy. They don't know what it means to be able to sit in someone else's shoes. They don't know what it means to say the right thing to your young child to help your child through what it is that they're experiencing. They don't know what it means to just have this moment be about you and not about them. So because of the insecurity, because of all of this, and again, I think where it really, really hurts kids is when they don't have, when they have this father, when they see all this dysfunction, when they see all this unhealthy behavior and they can internally feel it, that something's different and odd, but they can't logically pinpoint it because they didn't have another parent explaining to them that what dad's doing is not okay, that this is the way dad should have behaved and teaching them healthy versus unhealthy. I think no matter the age, whether you're a teenager watching this or 20s or 30s or 40s, whatever it is, I think there are some basic things that you have to understand in order to be able to have somewhat of a relationship with this person. Number one, you have to accept this person for who they are. You have to accept, okay, my dad's a little narcissistic. Okay, this is what my dad's capable of doing. You have to be able to put this person in a box and understand know your audience understand the person that you're dealing with understand that you're never going to get water from a rock he's not going to be able to have empathy for you he's going to show off and be vain and charming and you know egotistical and self-absorbed and all about appearance those things are going to happen it's part of who he now is but i think when we look at our parents we think that we should be able to of course we should be able to but oftentimes we can't there are limits to this relationship and we want to share everything with this person. We want dad to be able to sit in a space with, for us. We want dad to be able to hold us and tell us everything's gonna be okay. We want dad to be proud of us in such an unconditional, authentic way. And you may never get that. You probably will never get that. So again, I think acceptance is a really, really big part, but understanding what can I do with this person? Everyone in your life, you know what they're capable of doing or you should know. Whether it's family, friends, it doesn't matter. You should take a hard look at everyone in your life and know I can go to you with this, but I can't go to you with this. So you will probably not always be able to go to this person and talk about your fears, your worries, your failures, and sometimes even your successes because you don't want the 
the gloating. You don't want the boasting. You don't want the unattractiveness to this relationship, right? Where I know that my success is now your success and it shouldn't be that way. So you may need to learn how to kind of stifle yourself when you're around this person, because again, you're not dealing with a person who has empathy. You're not dealing with a person that has an ability to really unconditionally love another person. I think the next thing is being able to set boundaries. And I know for children, this can be a lifelong lesson, especially if you're watching this and you're the mother and you know that you have children who have a narcissistic dad. I get this all the time. How do I teach my kids about this? How do I help them? Because we're divorced now and I'm not around to see what's going on. And I really worry about where when they go into that environment, what he's doing and what he's saying. I completely, completely understand. All you need to do is obviously always making sure that you're keeping dialogue open between you and your children. Hopefully they feel comfortable enough with you to tell you what's going on. Asking them questions I think is really essential to get something out of them to make sure that, hey, you're okay and everything's okay, but teaching them right from wrong. And it's not about throwing anyone under the bus. It's just about examining the elephant in the room. You know, what did dad say that was hurtful? What was his behavior like? And really helping them to understand this, not just from a logical side, but obviously being able to still be there for them emotionally when they are grieving, when they are upset because this is their father. But being able to set boundaries means when you see behavior, manipulation, gaslighting, things like that, that you don't just lie down and take it. Now, depending on the person, you might be able to say a couple of things, but you may not be able to say everything that you know you need to say in order to really stand up for yourself because you know you're going to get backlash and it's gonna be worse than having just said nothing at all. And I think as you get older, you have to determine Am I not being my self-loving, authentic self because I'm dealing with this? And maybe this is a relationship that I shouldn't have in my life. And really examining that relationship. Just because people are our parents doesn't mean we have to be 30 years old and still have these people in our lives, especially if it's someone that's not good for you. I think acceptance is a lifelong thing, especially if you haven't kind of done some inner work to really heal yourself. If you haven't put up some boundaries on what you will and will not tolerate. Maybe this is not the man that I call for every little thing. Maybe I need to find someone else who is that male figure in my life. And if you really look back on your childhood and your life, you did have examples of it. It may not have always came from one person, whether that was an uncle or a grandfather or a coach. It, it could have come from different experiences throughout the course of your life, but we always do get what we need. Sometimes it may not come in the pretty little package that we wish it came in. Sometimes it comes in some hard lessons that we have to learn in order for us to wake up to ourselves and to healing and to the reality and to dysfunction and to abuse. But I think if you can learn to accept this person for who they are, put up some boundaries with this person, you know, work on yourself, you're doing coaching, watching videos, doing programs to really heal from this relationship. It's a really huge part towards becoming a healthy adult is healing from your past, understanding what it is that you went through and rebuilding, reprogramming, fixing some of the damage that he caused early on in life. So I hope that that has helped you guys. I hope that you have gotten some good tidbits from this podcast. Thank you so much guys for all of the love and supporting these episodes. I hope they were inspirational and motivating and inspired you and educated you as well. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. 
Setting boundaries is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. Do you need help not only learning how to set a boundary, but also enforcing them? Stephanie is offering her boundaries course for only $20 for the month of March. Just use code MARCH20 at checkout. You will learn why it's so important to stand up for yourself and what you deserve. Building these boundaries, you will see improvements in your confidence, relationships, friendships, and career.